Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and every Sunday is Psalm Sunday. I'll be reading one or two psalms and explaining how they point to Jesus Christ and the good news of his true salvation and or Bible prophecy. I'll also show you how to pray the psalms. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. As you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in the hope, joy, and peace that only the living God, Jesus Christ, can give. Be blessed. Psalm 15, who may enter the presence of God in his holy hill? What is the holiest place ever? Of course, it's standing in the presence of God. In Psalm 15, King David asks, who is good enough to worship or even enter the presence of God? Where is the presence of God today? Can anyone enter? Well, let's dig in and find out. Psalm 15, a Psalm of David. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. Such people will stand firm forever. So that's a nice short sweet psalm. <laughs> so how to enter the presence of God. Technically, every time we sincerely pray, with the right motives, we enter into God's presence, thanks to the Holy Spirit. However, let's look at King David's circumstances when he wrote this. So David wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, uh, where he wanted to build a marvelous temple worthy enough to house the presence of God, who was on the Ark of the Covenant. The problem was that he was transporting it the wrong way, and one of his guys lost his life because of it. And that story is in First Chronicles 13. And if you're not familiar with it, you can click on over to my blog and check out all the, everything's linked there, including an article on the Ark of the Covenant. Finally, three months later, he brought the Ark to Jerusalem and placed it inside a tent. More than likely, that's when he wrote the psalm. He desperately wanted to build the Ark a permanent home, but God said no. That task would fall to his son, Solomon. See, David was a man of war, and Solomon would be a man of wisdom and peace. Knowing that, let's now go through the message of the psalm. First, David asks, who may worship in the sanctuary? Who may enter the Lord's holy presence? Basically, he's asking, who is good enough? Is anyone good enough? Can anyone ever be good enough? Then he goes on to describe the qualities of righteous people. They lead blameless lives. They do what is right. They refuse to gossip, harm, or speak evil to other people. They detest people who sin continuously, knowing they are doing wrong, yet they still do it. They honor the faithful. They keep their promises, that's called integrity, even when it hurts. Honest lenders, hmm, what a concept. And cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. And he finally ends by saying that these righteous people will stand firm forever. In other words, when temptations from the devil come along, they can reject them. Why? 
because they are rooted firmly in the word of God. What's the problem here? The problem is that no matter how hard we try by ourselves, because we're human, we can never be good enough, pure enough, or righteous enough to enter God's presence in the kingdom of God. We are human and we fail every time. That's when Jesus stepped in and cleansed us, purified us with his blood on the cross. Consequently, he took our sins away forever. When we repent of our sins, ask his forgiveness and declare that he is our Lord and Savior wholeheartedly, sincerely, we are made good enough to enter God's presence in heaven. We are born again. If you're not sure what that means, you got to click on over my blog and click on the links in, in there. It goes deep into deeper articles. Even the Old Testament prophet Isaiah felt unworthy to be in his presence. Um, so this is, this is from Isaiah chapter 6, um, starting in verse 1. 6 or 8, 6. Um, it was in the, year of king, in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and two they covered their feet. And with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among the people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed, and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, here I am, send me. That again was Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. Now God gave the prophet Ezekiel a stern message about righteousness and wickedness. And this is from Ezekiel 18, uh, starting in, in the second part of verse 20. And so it so happens this morning, in the Bible study at church, um, uh, they read this. And so I'm like, oh, that kind of goes with what I'm doing tonight. Hmm, look at that. Like, thank God for providing his word. All right, so this, go this goes. Righteous people will be rewarded for their own righteous behavior, and wicked people will be punished for their own wickedness. But if wicked people turn away from all their sins and begin to obey my decrees and do what is just and right, they will surely live and not die. All their past sins will be forgotten and they will live because of the righteous things they have done. Do you think that I like to see wicked people die, says the sovereign Lord? Of course not. I want them to turn from their wicked ways and live. However, if righteous people turn from their righteous behavior and start doing sinful things and act like other sinners, should they be allowed to live? No, of course not. All their righteous acts will be forgotten and they will die for their sins. Yet you say the Lord isn't doing what's right. Listen to me, O people of Israel. Am I the only one uh, not doing what's right? Or is it you? When righteous people turn from their righteous behavior and start doing sinful things, they will die for it. Yes, they will die because of their sinful deeds. And if wicked people turn from their wickedness, obey the law, and do what is just and right, 
they will save their lives. They will live because they thought it over and decided to turn from their sins. Such people will not die. And yet the people of Israel keep saying, the Lord isn't doing what's right. Oh, people of Israel, it is you who are not doing what's right, not I. Therefore, I will judge each of you, O people of Israel, according to your actions, says the sovereign Lord. Repent and turn from your sins. Don't let them destroy you. Put all your rebellion behind you and find yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O people of Israel? I don't want you to die, says the sovereign Lord. Turn back and live. So ultimately, it will be Jesus who says, who can and cannot get into heaven. Now I'm going to bounce all the way to the last book of the Bible, book of Revelation, chapter 21, starting in verse 1. And this, is, and this I have to say is my favorite chapter because it just gives us the confident hope of what is ahead for um, his born-again believers, his children. Okay, so now this is John writing of the vision that Jesus is giving him. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Oh, you got to check out my blog article on the wedding um, and the blog post. Um, it'll be three posts ago uh, on uh, the Galilean wedding, the wedding invitation. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them and he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Oh, and I, I love, I love that. Uh, I think of, of dear friends that have died um, who were, you know, my age or younger of cancer. Um, and I know, and they suffered tremendously while they were here on, and when they were here, still sick, but in heaven, they are dancing and singing and, and, and just worshiping God without any more pain. Um, you know, and, you know, breathing the cleanest air possible and, and have, uh, Oh, it's just, it's just too wonderful to think about, <laughs> but that's, that's our confident hope. That's why, that's why we trust in Jesus. All right, let's go on. Uh, verse five, and the one sitting on the throne, that's King Jesus said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me and John, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God and they will be my children. Now, here comes the big but in here. But, cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt murderers, the immoral those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur, sulfur a.k.a. hell. This is the second death. And that's in Revelation chapter 21. If you want to check out my whole um, study on Revelation, click on over to my blog. The link is in the show notes. Now, <clears throat> so 
Only through the purification and sanctification that Jesus offers freely can we ever be good enough to enter his presence. It's your choice, heaven or hell. Furthermore, it's a choice you need to make now before it's too late. So how do you pray Psalm 7? Because this is the series of Sunday Psalms. It's all about praying the Psalms, just praying the Psalms back to God. So here's, this is my paraphrase on this, on this Psalm. Dear Lord Jesus, I want to enter your sanctuary and your presence on your holy hill. Please help me, give me wisdom and guide me each day so I can lead a blameless life and do what is right in your eyes. I refuse to gossip or speak evil of my friends. I hate the sins people commit and I will pray that they will humble themselves and repent. I will keep any promise that I make, even if they hurt. Because of you, Jesus, I can stand firm in my faith forever, no matter what happens. Thank you for your mercy, grace, and salvation. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So what about you? Have you accepted the fact that Jesus took your sins away forever? Are you ready to stand in his holy presence? Well, if you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit again a one-way, nonstop, take it to heaven after you die, and that you won't be left behind at the rapture, which can happen in any moment. This is what you have to do. Believe, have faith that Jesus is a Christ and he died, taking your sins away forever, and that he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins, that is, stop sinning. Do a complete 180-degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. When you ask Jesus to forgive you, he will. All your sins will be wiped clean, past, present, and future, and all means all. Be baptized by water baptism. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over, blog, over to my blog and click where it says, How to Know Jesus. And in the bottom of today's blog, I have um, a video from the Bible Project called Holiness, which kind of puts all this into perspective. And um, uh, a worship song that we sang today. <laughs> um, and it's... Um, it's called Build My Life by Pat Barrett, and it's a beautiful song. It's a wonderful worship song, praise song. So you can worship God, be in his holy presence every day, because once you're born again, you get the Holy Spirit in your heart, and your, your body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you are the sanctuary. You are the temple. And that's only through Jesus Christ. Nobody else, no church, no Mary, no saint, no Pope, nobody can give you this. Only Jesus Christ. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. It's now open, my Christian book distributors affiliate bookstore. These hand-picked books cover Bible prophecy, Christian apologetics, worldview, and much more. Many are at discounted prices. Isn't it time you got your Christian books from a Christian bookstore? Click on the link in the show notes.
Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.